0: Listening to Cherokee Hills Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about CHBC or ways to get involved, visit chbcok.info. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone? I was waiting for the light to come up before I said that, but it was going to be a really awkward pause. So uh, it's good to see all of you. How's everyone doing? Good, really? Okay, I'll try it one more time. How's everyone doing this morning? Good, yeah, okay. Um, we have a, a big day today, a lot going on uh, during our commissioning time, and so um, Chris wanted me to tell you that it's going to take us until about 12.45 to get out of here, so um, if uh, you need to make different lunch arrangements or whatever the case might be, I'm just kidding, okay, I'm just kidding, you don't have to leave, so we'll try to lay it down just in time for us to do all that we need to do today, but we have graduate recognition Today, um, let's hear it for our 2023 graduates. Yeah. So whether that's high school graduates or a college graduate, uh, we're going to take time to recognize them and their efforts and accomplishments. Uh, My name is Todd Sanders, and um, I'll explain a little bit about who I am. If you don't know who I am uh, in just a moment, but let's uh, open God's word. If you would turn with me to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to read... The text that we're going to be in this morning, and um, then we'll jump in, see what the Lord has for us today. Second, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to be in verses 3 through 7. Um, as we do, if you would stand in honor of reading of the Word of God, um, just in recognition of Him and His Word, His truth to us today, and uh, that we would give it reverence, um, give Him reverence. Let's read this together, and then we'll pray. I'll start in verse I'll start in verse uh, 1. I urge then, first of all, that request, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, this testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. And a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. Let's pray. Father God, thanks for this day you've given us. God, we pray that you would guide our hearts in your truth today, uh, that you would help us to see what you have to say to us, and that as we've sung, God, that you would take our breath away as we encounter your majesty, your glory, your beauty, what we have in Jesus, and what you've made available to us. And God, show us how we can walk in that truth. Show us how we can uh, align ourselves with that truth today. Um, God, Um, May we um, just listen intently, attentively, as we give you our heart's affection and our mind's attention today uh, to your word. We commit this time to you. We love you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Have a seat. Have a seat. Um, The message today is entitled, Jesus, period. All right? So say that with me. Say, Jesus, period. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Jesus. Period. It's a uh, just a simple message today, but I think it's a it's a sent message. Okay. So at the end of our uh, service, we we are always commissioned to go into the world um, to do what God has called us to do, to represent Him to those that are in need, um, to fulfill that mission He's placed us here to fulfill, and uh, we receive that commission by our staff saying we are sent, right? And so I think this is a sent passage for us today, whether you're um, a high school graduate, whether you're a college graduate, uh, whether you're just graduating onto the next day of your life, right? Uh, this is a sent message for us, so it's not just for graduates, but graduates, what we're going to do is we're going to allow everyone else, okay, to join us in our conversation today, all right, and see how we could benefit from this. Um, I told you I would tell you who I am. I'm Todd Sanders. I have had the privilege, I'm a member here at Cherokee Hills, and uh, my wife and I Joined back in a year and a half ago, two years ago, two years ago, um, ish, and uh, somewhere in there. And uh, my wife Angela, we've been married 30 years, uh, and uh, we have two kids. Hope is a member here as well. Our daughter, um, she is just finished teaching uh, on Friday, her first year of teaching, and um, our son Hunter and our daughter-in-law Mackenzie live in Oklahoma City as well, and. Our brand new grandbaby, Harrison. And so that's a little bit about our family. I am a horrible grandparent because I have failed to put a picture. Of him up, and so I owe you one uh, for later. All right. So after the service, I'll be down here, um, and if however many you want to see, I can I can bring you up to speed uh, from uh, day one. So uh, that's our family. I've served in ministry uh, in the local church or for for the local church for thirty years here in Oklahoma. Currently serve on staff with Oklahoma Baptist, so I have the privilege of leading Falls Creek Youth Camp. Also serving our Oklahoma Baptist churches and youth ministry uh, around the state. And so I've done that for the past 14 years. Uh, I'm in my fifth year directing Falls Creek. And so actually, um, when we get done with the service today, um, I will go home, quickly finish packing, and move down to camp tonight. We start moving in tomorrow with all of our stuff. Staff arrives on Tuesday. And so um, camp is on us. We start youth camp weeks in about Two weeks, and uh, or actually it is two weeks from tomorrow, and um, so we have a lot to do between now and then, and uh, we'll see Cherokee Hills students uh, week eight. All right, woo woo. Okay, so we're excited to get there. All right, so enough about me. Um, let's let's jump in. I uh, want to challenge uh, you today from what the, I feel like the Lord's laid on our hearts. Just looking at this idea of. Jesus. Period. And looking at this passage to see um, some some different areas of priority for us, some different areas of Jesus in our lives. Um, so I want to do. I want to start off just by giving some background to this passage. Many of you are familiar with this passage. Paul, the apostle, is writing to Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor, um, and uh, he has been placed there by Paul in Ephesus. Paul had started the work in Ephesus on one of his ministry, ministry missionary journeys, and so he places Timothy there uh, to do the work. Um, to encourage leaders, encourage uh, church members to build that church. And so he's writing to, to Timothy in a pastoral letter, uh, but indirectly, it's a letter to the Ephesians, right? Uh, because he's giving instruction for the church. If we were to outline 1 Timothy, um, he starts off in the first chapter, and um, he's, he's talking about the false teaching that was confronting the Ephesians. Um, he, he then contrasted that with the true gospel in chapter 1, um, and then he comes into chapter 2, and it starts to be practical as he gives instruction to the church, instruction to the church so if he gives instruction to the church at Ephesus, he's giving instruction to us today um, and how we're to walk in accordance with this true gospel. And so really, uh, the ESV study Bible put it this way, um, bringing up the challenge, will you be shaped by the gospel, shaped by the gospel, or will you turn away from the gospel? And so how can we embrace the gospel in a world that is ever set against, ever more so ever set against the truth of Jesus, the truth of the gospel, a culture that would want us, an enemy that would want us to to choose a different path, to walk in disobedience. How can we embrace the gospel in our lives? And that's where we're camping out today. And so this passage, I think, is a sent passage. Um, So he's addressing here in, in this, as he comes off talking about the false teaching that we see presented in first, uh, the first chapter coming off and giving instruction to the church. So here's the first point today, okay, Jesus period. Uh, the first thing I want us to look at in this passage, I feel like the Lord's saying to us is Jesus first. Say Jesus. Oh, you can do it better than that. Say Jesus, Jesus first. first. Okay, let's look here in chapter uh, two, or chapter two, verses three through four, God's word says this, This is good and pleases God, our Savior. Okay, so um, he says this is good. He had just given instruction, right, to pray for everyone, even those in authority, so we could uh, live these these quiet, um, peaceful lives in all godliness and holiness. He says this is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, come to a knowledge of the truth. Of the truth, it brings up something that I think is important for us to consider. He says, "It, it pleases God, our Savior." Whoa. Why do we need a savior, right? What's the purpose of needing a savior? And I think what Paul's doing here is he lines out his authority to um, uh, to, to minister to the Gentiles, as he lines out his his, uh, testimony of what he is about and what he's leading the church in. It's like he is presenting this big, uh, overwhelming, this, this huge idea, this important idea for us that we need a savior. Why do we need a savior? Because we're broken by sin. We're broken by sin. And that we, because we're born into this world because of the fall, we have, we have taken on a sin nature. And we need something to make us right if we're to be in relationship with a holy God. And we can't do that on our own. There's nothing we can do to fix it. There's nothing we can do to get out of it. Anything we try it just pulls us right back in to living in sin. But God's made a way for us. Uh, We're broken by sin, we're in need of a Savior, and we're in need of this remedy that God provides. And so as we deal with uh, this idea of needing a Savior, Jesus, first, listen, we must first understand the primacy of the gospel in our lives. It it has first importance, it's it's of first importance, it's the first matter that we should consider. The most important thing that we can come to terms with is what will we do with Jesus We must understand that we are broken sinners in need of a Savior, and we can't be made right with the holy God. But we do understand this, that there is this one great God who loves us, who cares for us, who who creates and sustains, and he provides this God that is eternal, one true living almighty God. And he loves us, but he's also holy and he's just. And because he's holy, he must... He must judge sin, and we are sinful creatures, and we can't make our way back to God. But God has loved us. He's looked into our one great problem, our sin that separates us from God, and he's offered us one great hope in Jesus, that if we'll just come to him and place our faith and trust in him, if we'll give our lives to him, place Jesus first, then then we can walk in this new life that God promises we can walk in, that he's equipped us through the Spirit to walk in. We put Jesus first with our lives, and we can walk in him. We sang earlier, Christ is my what? Firm foundation. And isn't that good? Amen? That we can place our lives on a firm foundation in Jesus and that he won't fail. He won't slip. He won't take a break. Um, all of our life can rest on him fully if we just trust in this gift that God has given us according to Scripture. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. We believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead. We call on the name of the Lord. We can be saved. We can be saved. So, so this pleases God our Savior. And we can stop there, but what does he go on to say? He says, um, Who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So God's not only our Savior, but He wants us to come into a saving faith relationship with Him. He wants us to be saved and come to a knowledge. When it says knowledge right there, it's a precise and correct knowledge. It's not my version of the truth, it's not just what I believe to be true, it's not just what I want, what I wish would be true. It's a precise and correct knowledge of what? The truth. And the truth is that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and God made a way for us. And all we have to do is call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Uh, Let's look at a couple of passages here. Let's get this foundation clearly in view. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You're probably familiar uh, with John chapter 3 and some verses there. I just want to look at the end of this passage, Um, John chapter 3, verse 36. God's word says this, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. John would write that also in 1 John chapter 5. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. And so church, listen, we have to understand that we come to Jesus first and that is the foundation of our life of faith. That's our foundation in him is when we place our faith and trust in the gospel and it forms everything about our lives. Uh, MacArthur would say this, do we walk in faith or do we walk in disobedience? Will I walk in faith or will I walk in disobedience? So uh, this first point, this idea of Jesus first, is not just for the sinner, not just for those who are lost, not just for those who need a Savior, but it's also for those of us who claim to have a Savior. It's also for those of us who claim to have a relationship with Jesus, who walk in the faith. Will we walk in faith or will we walk in disobedience? Where are we in this Jesus first mentality, ordering our lives in Him, Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through eight, the writer of Hebrews says this: Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Okay, like like your forefathers did, right? Like they did in the past. Don't harden your heart so today listen god may grab your heart and he may pull on you you may be under conviction to say you know what i've never come to faith in christ i've never given my life to him i have questions about that i'm uncertain of my salvation i'm under i'm uncertain in my position in him or you might be a believer and you say you know what every day for me might be marked more by disobedience than obedience so how can i how can i come and confess that to the lord and be made right with him because he's grabbing my heart Listen, church, don't harden your heart. If you're here today and God's drawing you, respond to him. Respond to him, putting Jesus first. Jesus first. So will you respond to Jesus? Will you respond to Jesus? Let's go on in the passage here and look at the next thing. Jesus first. Let's look at verses 5 and 6. Jesus only, all right? If we put him first in our lives, um, he has to take first place and primary place, only place with our lives. So this is a matter of the exclusivity of Jesus in the gospel. Jesus only. Jesus only. We turn back uh, to First Timothy. First uh, Timothy, uh, he goes on to say this. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved, come to a knowledge of the truth. And then what does he say? For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given at its proper time. Listen, there is a version of the gospel in the world and many versions of the gospel in the world that are not the true gospel. There's one way to salvation. There's one way that we, uh, through which we might be saved. There is one name under heaven by which men must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Listen, we under, have to understand the exclusivity of the gospel. Not only that, but we have to understand the fidelity of the gospel. That if we hold only to Jesus, then our lives, listen, church, must be wholly and solely belonging to him. And we must not eat the food, as scripture says, that is sacrificed to idols, Right? Um, We must give our lives wholly devoted to the Lord. It says there's one God and one mediator. This is the truth that we talked about in verses 3 and 4, a knowledge of this truth. The man Christ Jesus, he loved us, and he gave himself willingly for us. Okay, that, that language there is a willingly giving of himself. And then he gave himself as a ransom. Catch this. He Put himself in our place when we deserve death, when we had earned dying, when we had earned separation for eternity from a holy God and his goodness, he made a way for us. He ransomed himself willingly. Well, why did he do that? Listen, he had such a commitment to the glory of God, the glory of the Father, and he had such a care for you and for me that he gave himself that he might make a way for us, Right? that he might make a way for us to to establish primacy of the gospel in our lives. He might make a way for us to to wholly be devoted to him. Listen, he was devoted to the glory of God. Not not my will, but your will be done, Father. It took him to the cross, and he endured the cross because of his devotion to the glory of God, the glory of the Father, uh, to fulfill that redemptive work and also his care for us. So we must remain devoted. We must remain disciplined if we're going to be wholly sold out and devoted to the Lord. We sang just a moment ago, my house is what? Is built on you. Are we building our house? So are we we walking in obedience, but are we on a daily basis, Jesus only in our minds and our thinking and our hearts and with our lives, devoted and disciplined? Are we walking with him personally? Are we um, exploring uh, more about him? Are we diving into his truth? Are we remaining devoted through prayer? Well, listen, we have a church, uh, a staff and a church family. Listen, we are, we are focused on what it means to walk in discipline, right? Getting into the word of God, walking in missional community with one another, um, not just walking in missional community with one another, but um, also um, carrying out the personal disciplines on a daily basis that God has lined out for us to, to, to do, um, to, to walk in. Are we living lives in Christ? Are we remaining devoted, and are we walking in discipline? Will you hold only to Jesus? Will you hold only to Jesus? So will we respond to Jesus, and will we hold only to Jesus? Jesus first and Jesus only. Here's the next one right here. Jesus now. Say Jesus. Jesus. Say now. now. We're talking about, as we've looked at, um, we've looked at um, the, the primacy of the gospel. We've looked at the um, uh, fidelity, right, or the exclusivity of Jesus in our lives, holding only to him. And now we're looking at the urgency of Jesus in the gospel. Look what he goes on to say in the first part of verse 7. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle, I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. So Paul kind of wigs out in this moment. He's like, no, I'm telling the truth here, right? You don't believe me, but I'm telling the truth. Um, He's trying to establish his authority in being a teacher of the Gentiles, right? Taking the gospel to the Gentiles. So he's like, no, I'm not lying to you. I've been appointed a herald and an apostle. Listen, what I wanna encourage you with is that we must speak the gospel. A herald is one who proclaims makes known, an apostle makes known um, the, the mystery as evidence, a, a mystery of, of who Christ is to a world that's in need to reveal the Savior. Listen, we must, if we're to be Jesus now, believers, followers, a church who is Jesus now, we must speak the gospel. So simple question, will you tell others about Jesus? Will you tell others about Jesus? If you are a Jesus First, if you're claiming Jesus is first in my life, primacy, I understand I have a relationship with Jesus. I've given my life to Him. I've, I've placed my faith and trust, my future, my foundation is Jesus. Not only that, but I'm Jesus only. I'm devoted to Him. I'm walking in discipline. I'm walking in the truth. I'm, I'm digging deeper into what it means to be a follower of Christ. Are you living as a Jesus now believer? Are you taking opportunities, however large or or small they might be, to make great the name of Jesus, to make him known to a world that's in need? Speaking up, speaking up. Are you Jesus only? Will you tell others about Jesus? Here's the last thing right here in the second half of seven, and I want to leave with this and then we'll kind of apply some of these things, but it's Jesus always. Say Jesus always." always. Now, this is not in a sense of like forever, which Jesus is forever always, Uh, but really it comes down to, if we look at this passage, um, it says, and for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. And a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles, your translation may say a teacher to the Gentiles in faith and truth. Yours might say a faithful and true teacher of the Gentiles. So here's the challenge. Uh, uh, When we say teacher right there, he's saying, I've become a teacher to those who are in need. I've become a teacher to the Gentiles who up until um, a a certain point in history had been separated from being able to access the gospel but through the redemptive work of Jesus that we see happening in the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts, we see that that critical point in in culture a critical point in time when, when the gospel is opened up to the Gentiles. And aren't we glad? Because when Acts 1.8 states, um, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria unto to the ends of the earth, uh, when he starts saying Samaria to the ends of the earth, that Gentile world, um, that's us, friends. And without that gospel being opened up to us, we have no hope. We are helpless, done, dying, lost. So aren't we grateful that God gave himself, gave himself for us, and opened up the gospel to us so we might have a relationship with him and we could walk in this truth, Jesus first and only and now and always. And he says this, I'm a teacher to the Gentiles in faith and in truth. So he's holding to the faith and walking in the truth. But listen, in order for us to be a teacher in faith and truth, a faithful and true teacher of the Gentiles, we must remain faithful to the Lord lest we lose our witness, lest we lose our testimony. And it becomes... um, less powerful because we've, we've let sin derail us and so it becomes a, a dead sound to a world that doesn't believe because we don't live what we say we believe. So are we living Jesus always? Are we living according to faith? Are we faithful and true teachers to the Gentiles? So the question is this, will you live faithfully? Will you live faithfully? Will you invest in others? I read a great quote recently that said, a disciple maker um, really is the, the, the pinnacle of offering glory to God because really when you make disciples, when you invest in others for the faith and give your faith away, pass your faith along, it's just you living for the glory of God. It's you living in obedience to the commands of Christ. And so what better testimony and what greater statement, a way to glorify God than for his people just to do what he says to follow through and be obedient, to make disciples. So if you want a sent message today, you want to challenge graduates and, and more experienced students in the room, listen, we must live faithfully and be willing to pour our lives into other people. And so when we say, are we living faithfully, are you walking that in your own life, but are you, are you investing in others and passing along your faith? Listen, you have to have someone else in sight, someone else in mind, you have to find practical ways to invest in them, point them to the Lord, and help them walk in their relationship with Jesus. And I look around the room and I see a lot of you doing that. I see a lot of you. Whether it's you're, you're primarily discipling your, your families, you're actively uh, discipling your spouse, uh, maybe you're actively discipling you serve somewhere in the, in the congregation or in a ministry that touches our church or out in the community, and you're actively pouring in other people for the sake of the gospel, so they might know Jesus, so they might be able to grow in faith, to, so they can come to the point, too, where they can begin to what? Lead others to the faith, and, and pour into other people, and, and help them grow in faith, so they can lead other people. You see, that, that that's how the gospel goes forward. That's how we advance the kingdom, as we're just faithful to do our part. And so, no matter how involved you've been, how could you continue to be? And if you haven't been, maybe, maybe this is the Lord grabbing you today and the conviction is this. I need to invest my life in someone. I need to pour into someone. I need to be like Paul and be a faithful and true teacher of the Gentiles. And that's going to push some of us and it's going to challenge some of us. It's going to take us in new directions and down paths we never could have imagined. That's why I love uh, seeing here at Cherokee Hills is we're always open to those new paths and new directions and and, and being able to take a new step of faith and a new uh, level of obedience to do what God's called us to do. And that's what he's calling us to do today. Jesus first, Jesus only, Jesus now, and Jesus always living faithfully to serve him and do what he's called us to do.